Hey everyone, before we get started, I just want to talk about our sponsor, Anchor. Anchor simply is the perfect place to go if you're trying to start a podcast. First off, free, that's great, but there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super easy to use, super intuitive, Uh, and then once you have that edited, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places uh, where you listen to podcasts. And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away. No minimum listenership. Start getting that anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Hello and welcome to the Schooner Pod, where once again... The Oklahoma Sooners are Big 12 champions, defeating the Iowa State Cyclones in an absolute nail-biter that went completely down to the wire. Um, But hey, order is restored in the world. OU is one sixth great. Iowa State is, uh, once again, not a conference champion. So uh, overall, hey, things are good. I I could not be happier. Um, I mean... Unfortunately, the dream of OU in the playoff is dead, but let's be real, that was never going to happen. But hey, we will do what we'll make do with what we have. Joining me today, as always, Jameson Maxwell, Ty Lee. Um, guys, how are we feeling after uh after Saturday's championship game? Uh Jameson, I'll let you start. Yeah, I I feel it's the same old, same old. It's a what I thought could have happened happened in that first half. We got out, we punched him early, but Lincoln Riley just has some kind of plan where he just puts on the brakes in the second half. And I, I, at this time, I don't even know if it's him. I don't know if it's a player thing. I don't know if we're getting pumped up in the locker room, not enough at halftime. Because what is he scheming to save up for? You know, like he's not saving up for the Cotton Bowl. There's been times where it's like he's up versus Georgia, you know, and the Rose Bowl. It's like, oh, he's saving up for the championship game. This was like our end-all be-all, so – I kind of have a sour taste in my mouth right now, but, you know, happy that we got across the finish line. I mean, it was certainly a frustrating second half, and really just from the second quarter on. Um, it was a little conservative, a little weird. Felt very, um, you know, for my uh, soccer heads out there, felt very Jose Mourinho-esque, where you get out to a big lead, just try to hold on for dear life, uh, which makes for very annoying uh, football watching. But, you know, hey, you make do with what you can. OU won. That's what matters. Ty, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think I think really the the things that we have to to really hit on and improve on is all offensively. Um, the, the defense, I think, played really well. We held we held a team to, to twenty one points. We held a top ten team to to twenty one points. So I don't know, you know, what you want to really criticize with the with the defense there. I think maybe. Um, you know, I think Iowa State is hard because Matt Campbell is a, a really, really solid coach. I think we all agree on that, and and they adjust well. They they obviously adjusted really well. Um, I will say that, like, you know, I don't think we were super flat after half. I mean, we came out and had a wide open touchdown that was just dropped um, by a guy that hasn't played all year. Um, you know, so he was maybe a little rusty. Um, even though we saw sort of the same stuff from him last year, but it's, you know, had, had that been caught, um, 
you know, and we had had a, a touchdown in the third, I, I don't think the game would have ever even been as close as it was. Um, and I don't, you guys are shaking your heads, but it's, I'm not trying to like attack him personally. I'm just saying like it schematically, we had a guy wide open in the end zone and a pass hit his hand. So I don't want to like attack the, the scheme too much and say that, Oh, we couldn't even, you know, hope to score because, you know, our scheme worked there and, and we left a touchdown on the, on the field. Well, well, for me, I, I don't think I was really necessarily disagreeing, but more just like, man, we really were inches away from breaking this thing open. Uh, I really, I really feel like OU just was on the doorstep of having that game be a lot easier. Um, a lot of opportunities uh, were provided to OU, and honestly, if they lost this game, it would be an all-time botch job, uh, given the amount of turnovers that OU snagged, uh, the amount of mistakes that Brock Purdy made. Um, th- it was there and it, it probably shouldn't have been as close as it is, as it was, but um, you know, really it, it, it could have been much, much worse given what I, Iowa state was giving us. Jameson, what were you thinking there? Yeah. I, I don't know how the way you're putting it tied with like wide open drop. This isn't like the same kind of drops we've had with the problems with, you know, with the OVs, you know, the one game with Marvin Mims was stalking this year. This was like a diving pass on a go route with like the guy on your hip. You know, that, that's a tough catch. You know, I, I don't think we can go at Trajan saying, like, you should have caught that. I understand it hit his hands, and the rule is, like, if you hit, it hits the wide receiver hands, he can catch it. But that was a really, really tough catch. So I'm not going to yeah, go. Yeah, no, and that, that, wasn't, that wasn't really the point, because I know I'm known to make sort of little attacks like that, but I, I was trying to speak more to, like, the scheme, whereas we had a play where a guy was able to get both his hands on the ball in the end zone. I understand, you know, it wasn't a super, super easy catch, but – I don't, it's not like we were coming out just super, super conservative. Like, yeah. I think that was a 20 yard, 25 yard shot. So mm-hmm. we were taking I, I, I jabs. Just, it, I yeah. don't want to like disagree with you too much here, Ty, but it's just like the scheme is what really killed me the most. Like, there was a third and seven. We run a screen ball on like the 38 yard line, you know, on, our, on, on the other side of the field. That is a play that you do whenever you know you're going for it on fourth down. And you get a screen for like five yards and then we punt it after that. You know, we run it on third and third and eight, third and seven. What are we like? I don't get that. That is the epitome of conservative. And it, I, if you're going to do that, you've got to go for it on fourth down with a, such a high powered offense. If you're running conservative plays on third down, it just doesn't make any sense. Put the ball in the hand of our MVP this season, a Spencer Rattler, who played the best game on the offensive side of the ball, and let him do work. Don't give it to the wide receiver and hopefully he can get the third down. Don't give it to a guy that's running behind our offensive line, which had another bad game and resulted in two benches. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me in the side of all of what the play calling was on the offensive side. Well, it it was just confusing more than anything because, you know, it, it was just very simple, very, you know, basic run, run, pass, you know, punt uh, sort of deal. And then you had a lot of um, someone's audio is acting weird. Um, it's okay. Uh, and then you had a lot of um, – so, so it was run-run pass, which is just very simple bread-and-butter type of stuff. But then, you know, whenever they would pass, it was just always on weird situations. Like, for example, that third and two or third and one at one point where we, we just we – went, we went out of an empty shotgun set, uh, not even threatening a run, which kind of goes against the entire point of throwing on third down. Because you would think on a third and one, you're going to throw, you're, you know, you might run. Uh, so at least have that threat available. Um, yeah. It, it was just a very weird, confusing, all too familiar um, half from Lincoln Riley. And I don't want to knock the guy 
you know, beating a team as good as Iowa State, that's an accomplishment. That's absolutely an accomplishment. Um, this game was an accomplishment, but it, it just there were a lot of frustrating things that you know I, I think if we do this again, we might get beat by Florida. Um, and it, you know, I, I I understand how insanely spoiled we are as OU fans to be complaining about a championship winning performance. But at the same time, we got to be objective. We got to be critical. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, um, I, and I I think one thing to to hit on um, that isn't important, and I'm going to try to you know analyze it maybe a little better than I usually do. But I, I I think any anyone that listens to the Schooner Pod regularly knows that I have a bit of a um, I guess vendetta against maybe some of our bigger name receivers just because of what, you know, you would expect from them and and then their output. And I think this contributes really offensively is we look at our, our leading catchers and we have Marvin Mims absolutely living up to expectations. Amazing. True freshman. Um, And then the next person in, in number of receptions is Ramondre Stevenson, which, okay, that's fair. He's on the field a lot, but then we have Braden Willis and um, Weez is, is tied with Willis, but, if you go back and rewatch the game or if you notice while you're watching Drake Stoops was out there most of the time. He only had one reception. He had a couple targets and he dropped it a few times, but I just, I, I don't know as a, as a sooner fan, what that's telling me when I have, you know, OU has what four sophomore or freshman five stars. We have uh, Charleston Rambo, who was a big name for a while who had one target that, that he dropped. But when I, go out there and see, oh, Drake Stoops is is a starter and is constantly out there. Like, Drake Stoops is the guy in the past that we get in garbage time, everyone cheers, he's Bob Stoops' son, and it's worrying to me um, in terms of the future that we have Stoops out there because we don't have him out there because his dad was the coach. Like, we have him out there because he's the one performing. And I understand Bridges, you know, is you know he had a rough season last season. That's understandable. He was a freshman, and now he's coming off a huge – you know, he's missed the whole season. So I, I'm not going to fault him for his, you know, targets that he missed. But some of the wheezes has sort of stepped up. But like Hazelwood and, and, and uh, Rambo especially, like they're not living up to, to hype. I, I think it would just be silly to criticize um, Jaden Hazelwood just because of his injury. You know, oh, coming, yeah, okay, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot. Yeah, he, he was out with an ACL the whole year. Yeah, he's only a straight line guy. Well, well I forgot also, about he, that. He also had the catch of the game without a doubt. That uh, remarkable Rattler pass, triple coverage, uh, you know, beautiful ball. And uh, having, I mean, just an incredible catch from Hazelwood who got hit on three ends. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, it, it is tough. His first game was against Kansas, and that's an injury that you have to work your way back into. And, you know, you can get live balls and everything against KU and everything, but, you know, you're kind of limited. Uh, and I, I think yeah, he's and, on the path and, back. Yeah, and, and with him especially, you know, it, it's one of those things that I, I personally would like to see, um, you know, maybe less use out of him. Because if, if he's not at a point where he can really, really perform – um, you know, let's get him some some targets here and there in the game. But, um, you know, it's one of those things like, yeah, we want to get him game experience. But if he's at a point where he's really that handicapped by it, I don't want to risk his re-injury, not just for the team, but but for him as well. Like he, he's a guy that potentially, you know, can go on after this and and make it a living for at least a few years playing football. 
Um, cause we all know his, his degree from OU is probably something absurd. That's not going to help. So, you know, let's not career injure the guy. Um, yeah, a- absolutely. By the way, timeout, uh, Jameson is having some technical difficulties. So we are going to take, uh, I guess kind of a break from talking about the pod. So let's, I don't know, just kind of hang out for a little bit and wait for Jameson to come back, you know, up oh, there he is. Hold up, Jameson, you doing okay there, bud? I'm here. It's just the phone audio is just I, – I don't want the static. I'm just trying to get my laptop started. Here, let me, let, think, me, let me work on your audio a bit. That's, it's, that's it's a little bit from, It's because it's coming from the phone. And it has Do you have any static. headphones you can use? It, Safari on the phone does not let you use headphones on this. Rats. So that's I'm, right. So I'm, right. Well, no, I'm just trying to get my, my laptop to start, which, you know, my laptop is just annoying. So y'all just do your thing. Yeah, if my um, – if my if my view reflects it, you have by far the best camera quality of anyone. So if there you, you want to just write notes and hold them up, that could work too, I guess. <laughs> okay. Not y'all, great y'all for your podcast format. No. Jamison, your audio is a little bit better since you've rejoined. So what's your take on uh, the receivers in this game and you know the importance, you know, having scoops in there that much? What's your take on that? I think it was just about what it's been like the whole season you know I mean we had a really good game from Mims you know that's been consistent like that and just kind of less than stellar you know games from the other guys I I did not see as much of Rambo which I guess is kind of a good thing um you know you guys talked about the Jaden Hazelwood catch that's exactly that's the tip top of what you're going to get from him you know a straight line jump up in the air and go make a contested catch he still has extremely strong hands that wasn't gone with the knee injury and, you know, he's still an athlete. So, um, all in all, you know, I it's an average game for them. Nothing really too much to talk about. Um, but Mims, doing that in the Big 12 championship game is just great. And, then, you know, that's our number one guy moving forward, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned that uh, before you uh, got off here that you thought this was Rattler's performance of the season. Um, what? T- tell me about what, what you saw in Rattler that really, you know, stood out to you here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I, I, must, I must have misspoke. I don't know if it was, like, his best game of the season. But, it, like, he was composed. You know, he only had one throw of the day that I was just like, what is going on here? And that was the, the dropped interception into the catch. Um, but there's a reason he won the MVP over many guys that were very deserving. You know, you could have given it to a whole lot of guys. You could have given it to Trey Brown. You could have given it, you know, to, you know, Mims, you could have given it to a lot of people. You could, um, but he got it because he was composed. He led us in that first half. The way he was pressing the ball down the field and being the uh, general of our offense, it's that was the reason we were up so big. Iowa State had no answer for us. I, I got to say, as great as he was, there was no quarterback more efficient than Chandler Morris, who had the play of the season in my mind. Lincoln Riley randomly bringing out our small white kid from Highland Park to run it in on him. Like that was just such an excellent moment. Uh, very much loved that. Uh, just super, super tricky. Um, hilarious. Killed me. And um, I'm, I'm pretty sure Mordecai went straight to SMU after that one. Yeah. I mean, you, you had to see that one coming from a mile away. Tanner Mordecai, you know, SMU, that's just a fit made in heaven. Just to hit on Tanner Mordecai, that's three years of eligibility. So SMU got a good one there. But yeah, did Chandler Morris, that was a legitimately, whoa, what is going on? And they're panning over to Spencer Rob. They're like, is he hurt? Is he hurt? I'm like, no, I think that's a gadget play. You know, you can't forget how fast Chandler Morris is. And they also had, you know, like it was a double freshman back there in the backfield. It was a weird, weird thing. So 
That was a really cool play. Definitely a really big moment. Yeah, but uh, congratulations on Mordecai for transferring to the SMU school for uh, Red River quarterbacks who just didn't make it, uh, as is tradition. Um, not, not no shade. I'm yeah. just saying that's no, a good, it's, that's it's, a good spot for him. It's good to see him stay in the Big Twelve. So, oh my gosh, uh, I'm gonna keep saying it until it becomes true. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I gotta say, our prediction, which was very obvious, of um, you know Stevenson making a really big deal. Really big difference in this game was very true. Uh, the, the offense looked a lot different uh, with him in the game. Just flowed a lot better. Uh, provided yeah. a lot of options that Iowa State just couldn't stop. Yeah, and, and that's that's one thing that I, I want to to hit on um, for the fans out there is is this game is what Stevenson is for. I, I think we got a warped opinion. I, I was really trying to temper everyone's opinions. Um, on Stevenson when he had those few games when he came back where it was like four touchdowns, ridiculous runs and stuff. This is this is what he's built for, is sort of just grinding out those yards and, and being like a, uh, oh, goodness. It's going to be a bad comparison because I forget the guy's name, uh, but the Patriots. Garrett Yeah, you never saw like any crazy stats because he's playing alongside like Tom Brady and, and everybody else. But like he's there to just grind out this – like he had 5.4 yards per carry. So I don't want anyone to look at his, um, you know, stat line and be like, oh, Stevenson didn't have any touchdowns. He didn't have any like absurdly long runs. Like we lived out the over, like he was way overhyped. Like he had a long of 24, um, which with 18 carries total, I don't think that 24 yard really skews his average that much. Uh, but yeah, average 5.4 yards per carry. That's, that's really good. And this is the game that he's built for. And I think that this is a game that NFL scouts are really going to look at and be like, Hey, this is a, you know, a, a hefty dude who's mature and, and is when you just watch his running, it is a whole nother level from, from last year, last year, he was just going to rely on his weight and just pounded at people in garbage time. And he's really making cuts. He looks like a really good uh, running back out there. And I don't want uh, anyone to think like, Oh, that he's lost a, a step or anything else. Like this is the best team we've played since he's been back, obviously. Um, and this is, uh, you know, knock on wood, hopefully what you're going to see out of him in the NFL next year uh, yeah. is the same kind of runs. This is what he's, he's uh, really built for. He's not a all purpose, you know, back like we've been using him against garbage teams. So yeah. I just had that to say on Stevenson. He has a role and he definitely, definitely fit it and filled it here. Um, and you, like you said, he, he, for, for an NFL type of scout, you're looking at this guy, not to be an every down back, but you know, a very solid goal line guy who can catch the ball, reliable hands, all that sort of deal. I I think he's very effective in that front. Um, but Ty overall, who is your MVP for the offensive side of the football this game? Uh, who offensively? I, I kind of want to give it to I I think there's two obvious ones here and that's that's obviously Mims and, and Rattler. Um, I want to give it to Rattler especially um, because that that first quarter especially was just absolute fire. I, I think he I don't think he had an incompletion until the second quarter, if I'm correct. And, and his first two incompletions were just straight up. Uh, drops as well. I don't know if anybody remembers that. So I'm going to go with Rattler, uh, finish 
22 for 34 with 272 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, he got kind of got cheated on one. Obviously, that that Chandler Morris touchdown, which is amazing trickery. Uh, if I can just kind of touch on that, because I, I know that Iowa State, like he, he, uh, Rattler faking, you know, like he had like an injury or something as well, because he's had some hamstring like issues throughout the season. That is just outstanding, you know, trickery by Lincoln Riley and by Rattler for Rattler to kind of limp off and then to throw in Chandler Morris like that, knowing that Iowa State would ignore him. That's just amazing to see uh, from OU. Uh, but I, yeah, I got to go Rattler uh, for my offensive MVP. I, I mean, it, it's just too simple. The guy really brought everything together. He definitely was the best player. But uh, I'm going to give it to a guy we just spent a really good time talking about. And I'm going to give it to Ramondre Stevenson because he was the difference in this game. I think – his ability to keep the offense steady and provide a bit of a relief when things broke down for Spencer uh, really was massive. I think that really changed the game for OU going forward. Um, But just between this game and the regular season matchup, uh, he was the difference on offense and, you know, no, no disrespect to Rattler who was great, definitely the best player, but the guy who is the most important or the uh, most valuable for OU here uh, yeah, I, I think it's uh, definitely Ramondre Stevenson. He provided the biggest difference uh, in between here. All right, timeout again. We're going to go programming note here. Uh, Jameson is still working on uh, technical difficulties, so I'm trying to figure out that because I, I don't know. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to just boot <laughs> him out for like one of the most important podcasts we've had in a while. Um, there you go, Jameson. Just. Pop on really quick. Let us know who your MVP was for this, um, for for the, for the offense. It's, it's Spencer Rattler. You know, I, I'm sorry that I'm, I can't get consistent time on. I'm just trying to get um, better audio quality. So the people, it's all good, buddy. You're good. Crazy static, but yeah, it's Spencer. You know, um, Ramondre could have had a better day. I understand we're giving him a lot of praise. He could have even had a better day if our offensive line was competent. Uh, our offensive line was so poor that we benched Eric Swenson finally again. Um, just absolutely letting Spencer Rowler get destroyed on the edge. Spencer could have been a lot better too if he had had more time to uh, pass. And also, you know, Tyrese Robinson, that was another long time coming. A guy that I could see getting benched next year for Chris Murray. Chris Murray, you know, is our future center. Uh, but he he needed to be in, honestly. And it was so it was so needed. So give me Spencer Rowler, but it could have been Ramondre if he would have had more help. Absolutely. I, I think that's very fair. Um, because again, I, I think, you know, it, it was not a perfect game for, for Ramondre, but I think he was the difference. Uh, just a little bit of Ramondre went a long way in this because our running game and our um, our running backs were not that great against Iowa State. O-line, you know, basically the same thing, but I, I don't know. I think he's a difference. Um, moving on to the defense. Now, uh, a lot of people will talk about Trey Brown and we definitely will go on um, in depth about Trey. Uh, definitely. I think if you had an overall MVP, that's what I'm giving him. Uh, that's who I'm giving it to, but what an incredible game defensively. I think uh, stopping Brees Hall, who only, I believe had 75 yards, which is very impressive. Um, you know, struggled. We struggled a little bit on defense, you know, a couple of breakout games from uh, Kohler 
and uh, Robinson, that uh, really standout receiver of theirs, the Big 12 newcomer of the year. Um, but in general, I think defensively, one of our best, if not the best performance of the year. Ty, uh, your thoughts on the defense? Um, sorry, I was, I was reading <laughs> ESPN. Are we doing game balls or are we just shifted to defense? Uh, I was shipped. I thought we were, uh, gave Radler. I thought, I thought Radler was the de facto game. Ball. No. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I just didn't know because of the time, if we were doing a, you know, a more in, in depth, um, sort of chewing on the defense, so to speak. Yeah. Um, fair enough. So I, I really think, um, Oh wait, no, no, we're chewing. We're not going straight to game. Ball. Yeah. I, yeah. No, sorry, no, sorry, that's, sorry, sorry. That's I see what, I see what you're, I see what you're saying. I was just, because the time, I understand we're a little delayed because Jameson's technical difficulties. Um, so I think as a whole, um, I'm just going to get the obvious right out of the way because I think anyone that listens to the Schooner Pod knows we're not super high on uh, Buki. I, I don't know that anyone is. Um, but I, I do want to say props to Buki. He met the Schooner Pod standard for him, which is just no egregious penalty and no giving up touchdown or turnover, which if you look at his, you know, career at OU, he is going to have both of those in every game. Just statistically speaking, he's going to have a 15 plus yard penalty and also single-handedly give them a touchdown or turnover. He did neither this game, uh, which is sort of the standard for him. But I think on a, on a deeper level, because he does play safety, I think that speaks to the performance of the guys in man coverage, the linebackers in the D line as a whole that, because I think Buki, if given the opportunity, absolutely would have blown a play or just done some heinous penalty. But I think that our defense didn't give him the opportunity by stopping things prior to them becoming sort of an issue that the safety had to deal with. Um, And I think a part of that also can be, credited to Alex Grinch just schematically I think we were excellent on on defense uh in terms of scheme I think most of their big plays where were sort of you know just individual mismatches you know Brees Hall mismatched a lot of guys um and then their plethora of six five plus corn fed captains <laughs> playing you know receiver and and just absolutely you know, beating our guys that are like 5'10", 5'11", trying to cover them. Uh, you know, still, there's nothing we can do about that until we get taller guys. Like, a, you could have the least skilled person in the world um, as long as they were taller than our receivers. You know, there's not really a lot you can do. Um, so I think I think outstanding game. If, if I had to really hit on one thing, it'd be the D-line. Their stat line, again, not as impressive as it has been in other games in terms of uh, sacks and things, but they were able to get that pressure a lot of the time um, and, you know, get some some pressure on uh, their quarterback, and he's not a guy that that throws well or performs well under, um, you know, pressure in terms of someone coming at him. and I think we did a really good job on the D line again. And I think that really made the difference. And, and obviously that, that has to do with Brees Hall, um, you know, being held relatively, I think he did better than you guys are giving credit for. I mean, he averaged 3.4 yards per carry, which is not bad, but two touchdowns and a, a 15 yard long. Um, yeah. We held him to, to 79 yards, but he got two touchdowns. So I, I think it, 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 it 
it was less Brees Hall was bad, more we held him to where he didn't murder us. And that's a very good thing because, again, he's the best, in my mind, the best running back in college football. Uh, and I really, really think he stepped or our defensive line stepped up, plugged those gaps, made it really, really difficult on him all day long. Um, which is again, I think I, that's Iowa State's bread and butter. And Purdy, I, I think he's a okay quarterback. He, he put up some gaudy numbers, but he's a guy. If you have him throw the ball, if that's your first option, you're going to have a lot of mistakes. You're going to have a lot of turnovers. You're going to have a lot of uh, you know, kind of hastily made decisions. And I think we saw that. To, um, I think we really saw that uh, in this game because he was not. Again, look at. You can look at the 322 yards. Uh, you can look at the over, you know, 50%, you know, completion percentage or whatever. But that was not a great game from Purdy. You know, he, he you know, the, the frustration he had was the difference in this game. And when we look back at that first Iowa State game, one of the biggest issues we had were not taking advantage of things Purdy was just giving to us. Uh, things that we took in this game. Uh, so that is a huge plus, I think. Um, but we got Tom over here. He he he's with me. He believes that uh, Stevenson's the MVP on offense, and he believes uh, the D line was the defensive MVP. And uh, what's the difference from the last Iowa State matchup? Because again, uh, Perkins makes a huge difference. Uh, one and a half sacks—that's a remarkable, you know, performance for a game. Uh, yeah. They were they were just in that backfield. Um, Incredible performance. Uh, also, gr- great performance from the secondary. You know, uh, we we had several, you know, several really good picks. Um, you know, obviously there's the you know game ender from Trey Brown. That was just a duck thrown up to him. Uh, Trey Norwood had an excellent pick as well uh, in the end zone. Um, and then uh, Pat Fields. Yeah, Pat Fields first. That was his first interception. I was very shocked to hear that. Yeah, uh, was it really? Just yep. career or yeah first career interception let me see Tom. yeah tom shot uh, my, uh, wow yeah wow yeah my uh shiner cheer sweater. no uh, free ads yeah. no f- yeah also shout out shout out to the fans uh and and uh i guess you as well bobby it it does take i, I think it takes a a level of football understanding and knowledge beyond just the average to uh to give Stevenson credit for this game. Like like I talked about, I think it's really easy to look at the um you know just the overall stat line and see, you know, less than 100 yards and well, 97. So basically 100, but less than 100 yards, no touchdowns. Um I think a lot of people would be like, "Okay, whatever." Uh just looking at that or just glancing at the game, but but seeing the the impact that he's had, I think um giving him credit uh, where credit is due is, you know, props to the individuals that are doing that prior to, you know, it getting mentioned. Once yeah. you've seen the answer key, then it's it's whatever. It, it, it was about how the offense paced itself, how steady they were. Uh, just we true. did we did lose time of possession. Um, I'm not trying to drag on too much. We we no, did lose fine. time of possession, but only by like five minutes, I think. So um, better than you know, is normal for, for OU. Um, and I think for, for a six point game, um, the team that lost uh, being on the negative side of time of possession is, is pretty impressive. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and, and another, another side, we really got to shout out, um, the, the, uh, linebackers I thought were phenomenal. Uh, Nick Benito, really, really solid, uh, performance on his end, as well as Brian Osamoa. I thought it was a very solid performance. Just all around great game from, uh, you know, every level of defense. Um, but you know, we, we saw some big plays out of those linebackers. They're flying around. They created a lot of pressure as well. This speed D is finally coming into fruition. This this form, uh, just the final form that we've wanted to see, and I'm just so absolutely thrilled. Um, let's see, is Jameson here? No, he's in and out. Jameson, if you can hear us, pop on in, whatever you want uh, to give your thoughts on the defense. We need to just join with audio. I think your video is taking some of your bandwidth. Let's do that. We'll just have audio. Be better off, yeah. There we go. We have audio Jameson. Uh, Jameson, your thoughts on um, the defense. And uh, Yeah, I think that the biggest key when it comes down to the defense is you really can't pick out like this guy was our MVP. The, the MVP was our defensive staff. We made adjustments from the time we played him last that were extremely evident that made us do so well in that first half. I understand the comeback was a little bit frustrating letting them back in the game, but the offense was not giving them any help whenever you score, what, three points in that span? Just another one of those duds. So let's not put it on the defense's shoulders too much for that comeback. You talked about, Ty, about Buki. It's because he barely even played. He was on the field very, very minimal. I guarantee the lowest snap count he's had in years. And we had Trey Norwood playing the nickel a lot, so they wouldn't put Charlie Kohler out there and try to bully Buki. And I said that in the in the pre in the pregame pod, we got to find a way to get Buki on the field, but not get bullied, not let Iowa State know what's coming. And we did that, and it worked really well. And we got in the head of the first team All Big Twelve quarterback, made him throw three interceptions. So all in all, the scheming was beautiful. And I think if there's a game ball for me, I'm giving it to the coaching staff. Yeah, I hey, I think we can roll just right into coaching or uh, game balls. That's a good, very good pick for me. I got to go with the man who just owned AT&T Stadium. I'm sad we don't get to see his finale um, in the Florida game in about a week or so. Uh, it's got to be Trey Brown for me. The pick, uh, solid performance on – I feel like it's cheating to reward him for his special team performance, but he was remarkable there. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe for an overall MVP, I'm going to give it to Trey Brown. Defensively, it's for me. It's it's again got to be the guy who was the biggest difference maker between this game and the last game, and it's Ronnie Perkins. I thought he really tore it up. Uh, had a just had Iowa State had their hands full with him, uh, especially early on. So give me Perkins with the uh, for my game ball, Ty. Yeah. So so my game ball uh, defensively is going to go to. I'm going to go a different route than you guys, um, and sort of hit on my. I guess, recurring theme, if you will. Um, if you guys can't tell that I'm still in college, here we go. I, I <laughs> that, that I'm like programmed to, to look for. Uh, so, so my recurring theme is sort of performance um, weighted with expectation for you. So for my defensive game ball, I'm going to go with Woody Washington. Uh, again, a, a freshman. Um outstanding performance he's he's a guy that he's you know number zero on the defense um a guy that we didn't see a lot of early in the year i think we got to give jameson credit for sort of 
being high on him before anyone else was and saying, oh, I wish we could see more out of this guy from what I'm hearing from practice and stuff. Because uh, I don't know that he really even played beyond garbage time in the first month or so of football. Um, and he's really worked his way up to, uh, you know, where he's at now, six tackles, five solo, um, which is really, really impressive. Um, you know, I, I guess you could argue as a cornerback, tackle solo tackles maybe aren't a good thing because that means the guy you're covering caught the ball. Um, so I guess there is an argument there. But uh, um, to go from not playing to, you know, being a starter and, and being, you know, up there on the defense and tackles um, is good either way. He didn't give up a touchdown. So I, I'm going to give mine to to him in hopes that we get at least two more years of of impressive play out of Woody Washington. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that's a very good pick. Woody is, was very good. You'd be hard-pressed to find a guy who didn't do well. Um, you know, when when everyone was out there, I thought they were humming. They definitely got worn down at the end. But again, that's just fatigue. You know, that's just being out there. That's on the offense. Um, but, yeah. Uh, I, I think we got to do – we got to give give a sunset to a segment of ours that we had from the beginning. Uh, and – Boy, did it have a absolute uh, series finale. Beamer ball. Shane Beamer returned for one more game before he goes off to South Carolina to become their head coach. And boy, absolutely was it wonderful. Uh, Shane Beamer went out on top. Not only did we have a excellent Reeves Munchau, you know, punt that landed directly at the one without anyone touching it. Um, but, you know, um, you know, the, the coaching decision before that, the returning by Trey Brown was remarkable. Uh, just in general, what a great game for special teams. Definitely made a, a huge difference in this ball game. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, like you said, I, you know, I am super, super happy um, that we got to have Shane Beamer while we had him. I think he is from what I've seen and, and sort of heard and read um, an outstanding coach. Um, I, he never really got a chance at really in his roles on, on OU staff to be super visible on every game, um, you know, being special teams. And then uh, the, the few positions he, co- he coached, he wasn't really calling plays super often. Uh, Cause I, I do believe that some of the special teams um Riley also has a hand in. I don't. I don't think he's solely calling play. I, I would. I would assume that Riley is calling most of the special teams plays and decisions. Um, but awesome to have him. Obviously, the the son of of Frank Beamer, and he's going on to do uh, you know bigger and better things at South Carolina. So super happy that we had him for the time that we did, um, and glad that we could you know propel him because he's been in sort of the role that he's in for a good time now. So glad that we could propel him uh, in his early forties to a head coaching role in the sec, you know, the sec East, you know, but South Carolina, <laughs> they're a big budget and, and high expectations. So I, I really hope he does well there. And he's, you know, he's an East coast guy. He grew up in, in Virginia. Um, so it, culturally it's, it's broadly the same down there in South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, having lived in, in the Carolinas and Virginia for a few years, I can, I can say that I think so. Um, yeah. That punt, I, I know I texted our group about that. That was just tremendous. Shout out to Iowa State for trying to fake us there. Uh, they did that thing where the receiver sees that it's going to be close to the end zone. 
So he kind of acts like he sees it up at the 20 and draws all the defenders in. Um, but that punt just landed on the one and just moved laterally and stopped. And, you know, outstanding play call by Iowa State, because in most cases, you know, when he sees the punt going there, you're going to go for that touchback. Um, and our guys did fall for it. That's why no one touched it. But, yeah, outstanding punt. And, and again, you know, our, our uh, thanks to uh, to Coach Beamer. And uh, Beamer Ball, I guess, is leaving OU. But I'm sure with the Schooner Pods affinity for other teams outside of OU that are just meta, I'm sure we will cover more South Carolina in the years to come. Absolutely. It's, it's the first – a uh, bit of, um, I guess, the Lincoln Riley coaching tree. So that's that's another pretty fun part. Um, Hopefully, the only one this year. I, I don't want to dive please, into to that. One more year um, is all I'm asking and all I'm expecting. You know, I don't want to hold people back in their careers, uh, but you know, who knows? Maybe we can hire. Uh, I don't know, but um, yeah, one more year is, is all I would like. Um, I think that's all we need. Man, don't, don't you put that evil on me. I don't need another defensive coordinator to leave for Arizona. Well, and, and as, as, a, um, as an Arizona State fan, also, just credit to him, I don't want to see him go into Arizona. Um, you know, we're, talking about Alex, we're talking about Alex Crunch. He's, there's been rumors uh, that he's sort of interviewing for the Arizona head coach job. I don't want to see him go into Arizona State because I think he'll be fairly successful there, at least in-state. Um, so, you know, I, I'm double against him leaving, uh, cause I don't want Arizona to not be the best or Arizona state to not be the best team in Arizona. And I don't want him to leave OU at least until next year. So fair, fair enough. Jameson, I think you want to take here. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's reports that he's not interested into this job and that's pretty smart. So why would you want to go to the Pac-12? Yeah. If you denied the Washington State job, which is like his comfort zone, and now you want to go to Arizona's like dumpster, yeah, you know, there, there's reports that he does not want to. You know, it will be leaked out that Alex Grinch, you know, is considered for this job. You know, I don't know if that's on Alex Grinch's side that they want him, like his name being out there, to help him get, you know, higher affinity for other jobs that are better than that, or if that's Arizona trying to, you know, push the narrative. So I mean, yeah, but but the moral of the story is I do not think from what I've read on the sites that we should be worried at all for him leaving for Arizona. Yeah, I I think if if Grinch were to go somewhere this year, it would be Auburn. Hot take. Just trying to get it out there on the record. (laughs) But yeah, I agree with Jameson. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I blinked really hard there. Um, yeah, Auburn, what a mess that is. I, I don't even know if you'd want to do that one, mainly because you'd be out of a job in a year because they would uh, you know, be so mad about uh, anything you did. But uh, anyways. I don't know. They held on to Gus Malzahn for forever. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But I guess, Gus actually, I guess the Natty. The Natty extended his career by however many years. There are only two head coaches in college football with a better record or actually, no. There's only one head coach in college football with a with just as good of a record as Gus Malzahn against Nick Saban, and that's Les Miles. So, like, that's a big deal. Jameson, I want to know what your take is here. I don't know where you're going with it, but I want to hear it. Audio is really bad, but um, Auburn already uh, hired Brian Harson, the Boise State coach. So, no worries there. Awesome. Yeah, for, for sure, for sure. Um, oh, but yeah, I, I don't think did, you got to say goodbye. I did hear what you had to say. I'm sorry. 
Okay. I, I, what, what is, what's your, what's your uh, farewell for uh, Alex, uh, not Alex Greg, sorry. Uh, oh, no. Don't like that. No, 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 no. Farewell for Coach Beamer. Because your last thing you talked about was, um, well, before that was, um, I guess, uh, uh, Gr- the Grinch rumors. So anything you have to say about Beamer before he goes? Yeah. Can you hear the really static right now or are we good? Uh, it's a little staticky. Okay, well, just just don't worry about it. Frank Bremer, East Coast guy, recruiting was the biggest thing. We'll see how he does as a head coach. Fair enough. Hey, look, it's been a weird year, and we've we we're kind of scooting across the finish line here, I guess, uh, in terms of the the season. But you know what? We're gonna fit. We're finishing out on top. We had a really good season, all of us combined. Uh, OU. It's been a crap year, honestly. This has been one of the worst years of college football I've ever seen. Uh, you can tell it by the bowls are weird. It's probably the year that makes the least amount of sense. We got a crappy Final Four. Uh, just, just a real bummer to be a college football fan. Uh, but you know what? We made it. We rolled through it. We kept it together. And you know uh, what? Sixteen some odd, you know, seventeen weeks later, here we are. We have bowl season. We've already seen App State. You know, BYU is currently killing some team. You know, and and uh, our UCF and Boca Raton. So, you know, we we've made do. We've made do. Um, but, anyways, we have another bowl to talk about, uh, or another well, game to talk about. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, assuming COVID doesn't get to it, which it might. Um, but we'll do that preview later, because frankly, uh, well, we didn't plan for it for one, and that's a good thing. Um. But uh, later on this week, we'll do a bowl preview of everything we have. Um, all the bowls through uh, December 26th. We're recording this on the 22nd, so there are a couple, you know, little ones. Uh, if you still want to join the bowl picking, you know, you're probably lost a bit of t- points, but it's still time to have some fun. I don't know, like it won't cost you anything. You know, but you can you can enter for 250 instead of the five, and I don't know. We'll see what happens there. But um, yeah. Wild season, wild year we have ahead of us. Um, and thank you for listening through all of us. It's or through all of it. Uh, it's been an absolute, you know, just pleasure to do this show. And you know, we have a couple more left. Um, don't know if y'all know this, but our um, our uh, next bull pick'em is going to be episode number one hundred. We have been doing this for one hundred episodes, not counting the weird ones we uh, talk about sourdough for five minutes. Or you know, hot dog eating championships, but um, you know, to, to to think where this started, where it's gone, you know, from you know, uh, booting it up in you know uh, Jameson's you know um, you know room, all the way back at OKC to you know starting it out with Ty, you know, uh, for that for this year and to bringing it all together this year, it's been just a remarkable run that I've been very proud of. I'm very happy to keep going. Um, you know, the best is yet to come. We're going to keep building on what we've built and uh, we wouldn't do it without, we wouldn't be doing this without y'all um, without your, your support uh, you know, through all of it, because it's, it, it can be kind of tough to just start something off out of nowhere, but um, I could not, we, we couldn't do it without your support. You know, y'all listening to us through the good times, the bad, the weird takes, um, you know, Apparently, uh, technical t- the horns up the technical uh, difficulties oh, no. here and there. <laughs> did I, did I, <laughs> you, we, I did catch you there. I all, all I'm saying is thank you so much for listening. It, it means a lot. And to Ty and Jameson, thank you so much. Um, 
you know, this has been an absolute dream so far. And, you know, um, we've built something very fun and I can't wait to keep building it, see where it goes. Um, and yeah, so that's all I have to say for, um, this 100th episode of the schooner pod. Ty, any, any thoughts on uh, number 100? Oh, uh, happy hundred. I haven't been here for all of them. I've been here for some of the most absurdly off topic ones of them. I, I actually, I don't know if, for counting is off the wagon counting towards this or no? Uh, I counted, I counted our off the wagon college football. Ones. Okay. Yeah. So I've been here for some of the most off topic ones, uh, like college football traditions and, and, uh, oh, we did one that was like Japan college football. So hopefully and we can find a way to share some of the older ones. Uh, cause those are some of our best work, I think, but I, um, yeah, I'm excited that we've done a hundred, Shout out to a hundred podcasts commemorating OU's 50th uh, conference championship. That's super cool. Uh, you know, anyone that is sort of obsessive compulsive, that's a really nice matchup there. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited to have been a part. I don't know how many I've been a part of. It's definitely not a hundred. Um, Jameson, I think, uh, has been sort of along the ride from the start. Uh, but yeah, I remember listening out, out in North Carolina and out in Virginia. Uh, so it's super cool to be a part of it now at a hundred and, um, you know, as, as long as OU keeps being good, I'll be here. I'm not, I'm not a bandwagon <laughs> fan, but I do love me some Crimson Tide. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh God. Uh, but yeah, no, I think that's uh, a sentence right there. We have many more to come, many more to come. So, absolutely. absolutely. I mean, yeah, you and Jameson about you know fifty fifty, and then this year you know uh, you've been on for all of them. So it's it's been a good time, and you know um, certainly certainly w- uh, one of the things I'm most proud of in my life for sure. But uh, Jameson, any final thoughts before we close out episode number one hundred and move into the bowl season? Yeah, I'm sorry. And do I sound all right right now? Yeah, you sound you're good. good. Okay, I- I'm sorry to this trash producing on my end. I'm um, just very unfortunate, but yeah, this has been a really fun journey. I I've enjoyed growing, you know, with my love of sports and, you know, talking podcasts. It's just, it's a passion in my life that I wouldn't have it unless Bobby threw out the idea randomly at like 3am in the morning, on Fassler Hall. Weekend, um, you know, or wherever we started it, you know, uh, it's honestly, it's so fun. It's something I look forward to every single Tuesday night. And I'm, I'm glad that we have some people that listen to it and enjoy it as well. Um, but we've got, we've got more good content coming for y'all and hopefully it'll, it'll sound better in the future. J- Jameson, to be fair, you know, no matter how bad your audio is, it can't not be nearly as bad as me coughing every five seconds in that first season. Yeah, or, or, or how bad Ford's audio is every time he's on any basketball podcast remote. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness uh yeah no audio uh issues are not or audio quality is not a stalwart quality of our podcast for sure but um <laughs> whew, either way we built some fun thank you so much for listening um and uh yeah boomer sooner y'all <laughs>